Now, why don't we give the Lord real worship? Everybody, let's praise him. Hallelujah. Come on, let's love the Lord together. Let's love him together. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's love him. Let's love him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It is indeed an honor to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Honored to be at this conference. And I'm trusting that the Holy Ghost is going to continue to work in our lives. We have had some incredible preaching around here. Last night, um, I believe Brother Newman said he was like trying to drink out of a fire hose. I agree. And um, incredibly powerful. And I knew that I wasn't swallowing at all, but I said, God, just spray the rest of it all over my world. It was incredible. And then back again this morning, my Lord Jesus, I was dying. I said, God, this is some kind of preaching. What an incredible meeting that we get to be a part of tonight. Thank God for that. <clears throat> Looking forward to the morning to Bishop Cavanus. Tomorrow night, Brother Marks, what, 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 what blessed people that we are. So always an honor to stand in the desk of my, my good friend, I love Brother and Sister Parker so much. These are real people. And they're real people of God. And I honor and salute them. Honored to have my, my girlfriend of almost 43 years with me tonight. She still make, makes my knees weak. And uh, I love my little wife so much. And uh, if I know my grand sons right they're listening on holy ghost radio right now my youngest little grandson seth he likes to grab everybody and take them in the room and turn on holy ghost radio he listens to it every night and uh so i want to i want to salute thane and ethan and little seth tonight and i hope you got your daddy with you maybe you can pray him through before it's over with Everybody having a good time tonight. Nothing like being an apostolic child of God. We get all this down here and we get to go to heaven too. Such an honor, such an honor. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to direct your attention to the book of Nehemiah. I salute all of my ministering brethren, such an austere group of men that are on this platform tonight. You should be preaching and I listening, but as I heard it said today by Brother McDonald, the lot has fallen on me, and so I will do my best to be obedient to the Holy Ghost. I've, I've argued with God for weeks about what I feel to preach tonight, R literally have, and uh, at lunch today, I was in, in the in the house, sitting on the couch, and Brother Mayo came up to me and stared at me and uh, absolutely gave me the confidence that what I've been feeling is correct. So uh, let's, let's do this. The book of Nehemiah, 
the book of Nehemiah, chapter number 13. Somebody said, Amen. I want to read a few verses of scripture in your hearing. Nehemiah 13, beginning in verse 19. And it came to pass that when the gates of Jerusalem began to be dark before the Sabbath, I commanded that the gates should be shut and charged that they should not be opened till after the Sabbath. And some of my servants set I at the gates that there should no burden be brought in on the Sabbath day. So the merchants and sellers of all kind of ware lodged without Jerusalem once or twice. Then I testified against them and said unto them, Why lodge ye about the wall? If you do so again, I will lay hands on you. From that time forth came they no more on the Sabbath. And I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves and that they should come and keep the gates to sanctify the Sabbath day. Remember me, O my God, concerning this also, and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. In those days also saw I Jews that had married wives of Ashdod, of Ammon, and of Moab. And their children spake half in the speech of Ashdod and could not speak in the Jews' language, but according to the language of each people. And I contended with them and cursed them and smote certain of them and plucked off their hair And made them swear by God, saying, Ye shall not give your daughters unto their sons, nor take their daughters unto your sons, or for yourselves. Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among many nations was there no king like him who was beloved of his God. And God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him did outlandish women cause to sin, shall we then hearken unto you to do all this great evil, to transgress against our God in marrying strange wives? Now, you're really excited and dancing right now, but I'd like to point your attention back at verse 23. In those days also saw I Jews that had married wives of Ashdod of Ammon and of Moab, and their children spake half in the speech of Ashdod and could not speak in the Jews' language. With the help of God tonight, I want to preach to you this thought. I want to preach to you about the language of Ashdod. Would you lift your hands now with me in your voice and let's ask God to anoint a Savior. I love you in this tabernacle tonight. I thank you for what I feel in this house. Thank you for speaking to my spirit, Lord. And I worship you with everything that's in me. Talk to us in this place. I'm asking God your unction to move upon us. 
that you would move through this house from the front to the back, from wall to wall, and that the voice of the Holy Ghost would do its perfect work in our lives. Anoint our hearts, God. Anoint our lips of clay. Bring revelation and understanding in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Before you're seated, would you clap your hands unto him? You know he's a good God. Come on, clap your hands. It's going to be a little while. Clap your hands. Unto him, he's a good God. Oh, he's a good God. He's a good, good God. God bless you, and you may be seated. I've been blessed and privileged to travel to a few parts on this globe in the last 60-plus years of my life, God smiled on me and given me favor. And in my travels, I have learned that, that it's not just different peoples, different, different cultures, and different foods, and different environments that probably have affected me uh, as much as I've understood it is the different cultures that have really affected me. In my travels, I have, I've learned that the culture of a nation is really what drives that nation. And people that are going to try and know a nation are going to have to know somewhat of its culture. For embedded in the culture is the understanding of the, na- of the nation. Embedded in the culture is a language. And embedded in that language is the revelation of what that certain culture is all about. I preach tonight to a group of American apostolics that's in this house tonight. And I believe that it's without a doubt that I can be very certain that 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 we as Americans have a greater grasp on our culture than any other nationality in the world. Because we are Americans, we understand the nuances of our culture. We understand the nuances of our nation. We, we know things that don't have to be defined. There are just certain phrases that speak to us. There are certain thoughts that when we hear it mentioned, it, it brings to us a, an entire library of understanding and, and, and of knowledge simply because we know its culture. In fact, in fact, somebody can talk about Chevrolet and apple pie and Uncle Sam and to most everybody on this earth, they're going to look at it a little bit strange and they're going to try and figure out, well, Uncle Sam must drive a Chevrolet and Uncle Sam's woman cooks apple pie 
and they're going to completely miss the entirety of what we mean when we say it's American is. Some of you don't like that because you drive a Ford, but it's all right. We know, or some of us that really know trucks drive Dodges, but anyway. We know our culture. We understand the culture of America. And when we speak her language, there are, there are things embedded in the language that speak volumes of our culture. Most people that learn English language don't struggle with its phonetics and typically don't struggle with its grammar. But they struggle with the nuances that are somehow embedded in a culture that you and I never even think anything about. Because we're a part of that culture. I remember beginning to learn Spanish and doing my best to try and speak Spanish. I'll never forget teaching my first Spanish Bible study. And I did my best to prepare and and have it all down. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You can speak English and you can learn another language, but, but when you, when you have a, an ear that's an English ear, there's a lot of other words that you really don't, they don't sound a lot of different, such as, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the hilarity of a moment when, when I was teaching a Bible study in Spanish, the word for sin is pecados, but the word for fish is pescado. And to the English ear, pecados and pescados sound very similar. And I'm feeling pretty good about teaching this Bible study until I told a man that he needed to be baptized for the remission of his pescado. And he said, pescado. I said, no, 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 pecados. And so, and so embedded in language is a lot of things sometimes that that, that, that other people will never know. That's why I can tell you tonight that I, I am a, I'm a thankful man that I'm an American. When I walked into this building and I saw the stars and stripes, you know what I mean by that. Most of the world doesn't. When I saw, oh, glory over there, there was something that rose in my spirit and said, thank God that I am a proud flag waving uh, American. And I understand, I understand what those stars and stripes stand for. And represent. Now, some of you may not like this country, but I'm here to tell you something. I'm glad that I was born in America. I thank God for America. I know she may have had her little struggles, uh, but there ain't another country in the world like America. Well, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. You'll be going through the streets in the Philippines. It doesn't matter what hamlet, what village, what barrio, what, what town you go through. You're going to see young Filipino people out there and old Filipino people out there. And when you go past them, they don't know your name. They'll never know your name. But every one of them holler out, hey, Joe. They understand. 
They understand it was the G.I. Joe that got us liberated from our enemy. It was the American Joe that said, I'm going to come to your nation. I'm going to help you fight. And I'm going to bring liberty unto you. And locked up into that little greeting is a huge history lesson. Can I talk to somebody tonight? I thank God for this great nation. I thank God. Say what you want. But I'm glad that America is becoming great again. I'm glad that we can lift our hands and say, oh, Lady Liberty, she ain't never bent her knee in front of another nation. And by the help of God, she never will. Well, praise the Lord. But I'm not come to preach about America tonight. I want to preach about being an apostolic. I am proud to be a one God, Jesus name, tongue talking child of God. I'm glad to be a holy roller. I'm glad to be one of them. I'm glad to know the glory and the power and the thrilling experience of being born again of water and of spirit. Well, amen. Now, the reason, you may be seated. The reason for our grasp of culture is directly tied to our grasp of the English language. There's a lot of Marshallese here tonight, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself right now, but... If I was to bring the older Marshallese people up here, I'm not a gambling man, but I bet you, I bet you, I bet you every penny in my pocket that the old Marshallese will tell you there's an old Marshallese and there's a new Marshallese language. I got any old Marshallese people here? Am I telling the truth? With culture, there's always language. And when language becomes lost, there's major parts of that culture that can never be recovered again. The reason that you and I understand the culture of America is because we speak the language of America. We have a grasp of the English language. In, in the 19th century, a young man by the name of Noah Webster insisted that the existence of a young America hinged solely upon the knowledge, the transfer, and the protection of the English language. He knew 200 years ago that the only way to protect a culture, oh God, 
God, I feel the Holy Ghost, was to protect its language. He realized we're a brand new nation. We're a fledgling little people. But unless somebody begins to preserve the language that we're speaking and the words that we're using and the tongue that we're talking, it's going to come a day that people's not going to even understand how this great nation was founded and started because they're going to lose the culture. And so he said, we got to preserve his language. And most of you, most of you have used the dictionary a time or two in your life. Usually there is a ubiquitous phrase when we talk about a dictionary. We, we always go to Webster. Who is Webster? Noah Webster was a young man at the birth of America that was passionate about preserving everything that made this nation be, be, become what it is. And so, and so tonight, and so tonight this begin to work on me. I love culture. I love language. I, 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 I speak a bit of a, a whole bunch of, uh, of languages. But I, but I've understood that if you're really going to speak the tongue, you got to know the culture. If you're really going to speak the language, you got to understand where it came from. You got to understand the root of it all. And in so in some of my studies, uh, in, 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 I found some, uh, research in natural, uh, National Geographic site. And they, they said, and I, I wrote these notes, uh, that one language, one language on our globe, dies every 14 days said by the next century nearly half of the roughly 7,000 spoken languages on earth will likely disappear my eyes were bugged out when I was reading it uh, Pastor Bertram you probably read this as well as I did last year in the San Diego Union Tribune one of the, uh, the Native American tribes that's east of even where you are there was only one man left alive that could speak a tongue and, and, and UCSD was out there trying to figure out before he dies we need to know the language we got to find the alphabet we've got to write it down we've got to preserve it because embedded in that language are stories embedded in the stories are history embedded in the history is the reason for their existence and and if we lose it, we've lost the culture. And so I'm reading, and the article went on in depth until a question one of its writers posed stunned me. And this was the question. It said, what all is lost when a language goes silent? Now, y'all stick around a little while tonight. As far as I know, we're eating when we get done. We're sleeping till tomorrow. What all is lost? What all is forever unrecoverable when a language goes silent? I dug even deeper and begin to find that these writers said that when you lose your language, you lose your views. 
when you lose the ability to allow words to roll off your tongue, you lose views that shape your identity. They said when you lose your language, your culture comes under question. When you lose your language, you begin to question the existence of a culture because words have lost their gravity and words have lost its power and they begin to continue to write that you truly can't view a culture unless you view it through the lenses of its language until ultimately once you've lost the language you've lost the identity and when you lose your identity you lose your authority hang on I'm not going to teach a sociology lesson all night long But you need to get what I'm preaching right now. We are not just apostolic. Thank you, Brother Mark. Because of our dress. We are not just apostolic because of our doctrine. We are not just apostolic because of our attitude. And we are not just apostolic because of our actions. We are apostolic because of an apostolic culture. And I'm going to preach to you a little while. We're not just culturized. But in this culture, this culture has a language. This culture has a tongue. This culture has its own vernacular. This culture has... Has its own understanding. Come on, somebody. I want to talk about being apostolic. We are not a part of an ecumenical movement. We have not borrowed our our tongue or our language from another culture. We are not brethren to a Trinitarian world. We are one God from the top of our head to the sole of our foot. This is our culture. Come on, somebody help me praise him. This is our culture. Our culture has its own nuances. Oh my Jesus, help me. There are large oneness movements that I know of right now. Right now. That's doing its best to be validated. And accepted by building bridges of fellowship from an apostolic culture to a Trinitarian culture. Well, y'all can stare at me tonight if you want to. I'll I'll preach to a hoot owl if I got to so I can get this out of my spirit. Let me tell you about my culture. My culture... My culture, this is how I was shaped as a child. I remember looking at the the car Brother C.P. Kilgore used to drive. Spray painted on the side of of his car. Painted everywhere. If you don't talk in tongues, you're lost. You are on your way to a devil's hell. I, I remember Brother Terry putting signs up. I remember when we used to walk around and there was no ambiguity to who we were. We couldn't hide this thing in a corner. They called us holy rollers. They called 
called us Jesus only. We were defined by the fact that we were tongue talkers. We were water baptizers in the name of Jesus Christ. We dressed holy. We preached holiness within and without. But we're living in a world now that everybody's talking in tongues. And if we're not careful, we're going to lose our identity by saying that's what makes them my brother. Honey. Let me tell you the problem with a bridge. Bridges take you over the water. I said bridges take you over the water. But if you're going to get in this culture, you got to come through the water. I'm not looking to build a bridge. I'm looking to get immersed in the glory of the Holy Ghost. I'm not looking to build a bridge. I want to walk through what God's trying to take. Come on, somebody. You got to get this thing in your spirit. You're never going to be accepted. You're never going to fit in. We are the people of God. We are one God, Jesus name, tongue talking, holy rolling, born again, children of God. And I want to preserve the heritage of my culture. Can I have a few minutes tonight? We got our own language. We have our own language. We, we, go, we go sit down at the church at Denny's. We sit there and the waitress comes walking up. And you know what she hears? My God, we had a blowout. Well, you got AAA? Oh, you don't get it. They walk to our table and they hear us saying, my God, she was toe up from the flow up. We're talking this stuff. It's our culture. My God, my God, the praises went up and the glory of God fell in that house. My God, it was wall to wall. Hallelujah. We got a praying through. My God, they got back to God. They put it up. Come on, somebody. We better not lose this language. We better not lose this vernacular. I got a sister in our church. I had the privilege of pastor sit down. I mean, you may be talking in tongues all the time. <laughs> Her name is Sister Marianne Audrey. Yeah, Sister Marianne. <laughs> Sister Marianne. I love Sister Marianne. Yeah. I wish we had a hundred thousand yeah. Sister Marianne's. Yeah, we do too. I remember when Sister Marianne drove her hoopty to church. Do you want to know the definition of a hoopty? Tell you what a hoopty is. She had no front seat. She sat on a milk crate. All right. So she was low, rolling on 15s, you know. Had a little do-rag over her head, driving through town. She wasn't showing off. She just didn't have nothing else. 
She was thankful to God for a hoopty. But God filled Marianne with the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you all you had to do to Marianne. You could see her in town and say, hey, Sister Beth. Ah! Yeah. Now that bothers some of you. But I'm telling you, there's some stuff of my past that I'm wanting to see come back to the apostolic church. little choreographed steps uh, and people are learning how to worship God Uh, let me tell you what's going on in this boy's heart Uh, I'm saying God take me back uh, to an old brush over touch uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, where you shook men and shook women like a leaf uh, and we rolled in the floor not being cute uh, but we couldn't stand uh, in the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost come on lift your voice and talk let's talk to him I remember, I remember as a child, remember as a child being in church, man, some sister would sound off. Uh, I hope this is okay. I'll get to my message here in a minute, all right? We'd be in church and I'd hear it. You know what I'm talking about, Jess. I, I was a little boy, but I know when she goes off, God's up in this house. Right. I'd be sitting there on that front row, and I'd hear an old saint of Zion go off in the hole. Whoa! Yeah! And I knew it don't matter what's going on right now. That's a part of my culture. I understand what's going on. That's God up in this house. That's God trying to do a work in this place. And if we'll hang on a little bit, the glory of God's going to fall in this place. Yeah. I wonder God, God brings that back. I, I'm not ashamed of that. That doesn't embarrass me. I love the Holy Ghost. Come screaming out of the soul of somebody. We speak our own language. It's, it's, it's the result of our culture. Now, no apology. I'm just going to preach. Thank God that some people have learned how to dance. I remember one time being in church. We was in revival. And there was a first time guest. He was an Asian man. And he was, you know, quite distinguished. Dignified looking. Had pretty little wire rim glasses on. He was sitting about four or five rows deep. And it was up in smoke. I mean, we were having church. From the baptistry to the bus bus barn. The the place was on fire. People were talking in tongues. And some good old apostolic gal. I mean every bit of close to 300 pounds of her. I mean she was a full gospel gal. And she got to shouting like they used to shout. 
and her fist came across his nose and then them glasses all up and and in a little bit she turned around and she said well welcome to Pentecost yeah yeah Thank God for nice buildings. Thank God for nice music. Thank God for nice choirs. Thank God for nice singing. Thank God for everything nice. But God, I don't want nice at the expense of old time Holy Ghost in the house. I don't want nice at the expense of the fallen glory and power of the Almighty. Give me somebody to shout and give me somebody to holler. Come on, come on, come on. That's our culture. Somebody lift your voice right now. Come on, somebody lift your voice. Lift your voice. Psalm 47, 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. But shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. feeling the old time Holy Ghost right now I'm starting to feel it in this house right now that old stuff that used to get in your feet that old stuff that used to get all over you that old stuff that made you use a shout and tremble that old stuff not the children of a casual relationship with God. We're the people of God. We speak the language of our culture. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all assembled in one house. Right. They were in one place. They were in one accord. And suddenly, there came a sound. Excuse me? Sound. Excuse me? Sound. Excuse me? For those of you that want us to start getting Methodist, excuse me. For those of you that want us to start getting ecumenical, excuse me. And suddenly there came a sound. Where'd that sound come from? A sound from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the evidence uh, speaking in other tongues. It's not glossolalia, baby. It doesn't belong to the ecumenical world. That is the culture of the one God, Jesus' name, Holy Ghost filled church. Holy Ghost filled It's not a prayer language. It's the Holy Ghost. It's not a second blessing. It's the Holy Ghost. And without it, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Right. You better not let a Trinitarian define to you. The baptism of the Spirit. Tell it. Of the Spirit. You have the baptism of the Spirit. No, you don't. You got the baptism of the Holy Ghost when you talk in tongues. 
Last three months, I've been teaching a Bible study on Saturdays to a Church of Christ attorney and his wife, Bob and Bernie. You want to know who they are? Bob and Bernie O'Keefe. I sure hope you're listening right now, Brother Bob. Sister Bernie. But, but tell you something. Number one, Church of Christ don't dig our culture. Right. They don't like our noise. They don't like our music. They don't like our doctrine. They don't believe it. So, to, to begin with, he was raised Church of Christ. Second of all, he was an attorney. <laughs> so he dissects everything. He's, a, he's an a, analytical animal. So we teach Bible study. And I'm having fun. I, I'm saying in the back of my brain, you're, you're getting yourself in trouble, dude. Because yeah. the deeper you dig, the worse it's getting for you and the better it's getting for me. Yeah. So you ought to put up your shovel and get the Holy Ghost what you ought to do. Because you're digging yourself into a revelation. Right. And I remember, I remember the study. I remember the study when he said, Oh my God, I see this Jesus name baptism. They told me wrong. I said, Bob, if they're wrong about baptism, they're wrong about the Holy Ghost. Right. His little wife, Bernie, she already got the Holy Ghost. But, 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 but I just kept working on him. I kept working on him. And, and we'd go to Bible study and he'd have a list of questions. Well, I don't believe this and I don't think this. And, and this talking in tongue stuff. I don't know about this. I don't believe that. And he would say, he's an attorney. The Bible does not say you have to speak with tongues to receive the Holy Ghost. It does not say. Oh, oh yeah, it does. When you understand the culture, yeah. Come on now. You're going to understand the language. Two Sunday mornings ago, it was, can I preach it? It was hot and heavy. It was thick up in the house. We was toe up from the flow up. You catching me? You picking up what I'm putting down? We was having church. We were having high church. And I look back at Bob, this analytical Church of Christ guy that didn't want to show any kind of emotion. He would just stand there and he would look through his, his little furrowed brow and people were bananas in that church but in a little bit uh, I watched the man go to him and start dragging him to the to the baptistry yeah, I yeah. thought oh it's about to get good right now and his wife was right behind him and we got him in the baptistry and, and, and he was looking at me I said come on Bob come on Bob you're going to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ see when you're a part of this culture you understand neither is our salvation in any other for there's none of the name under heaven given him a man whereby we must be Say, you understand that it's the name of Jesus that accesses the glory. My wife was there. So I, one of the men was baptizing Bob. Pious. Let me tell you. They put him down in the water. When he come out of the water. All right. I lie not. You ask my wife. There's a 10-foot rock wall from our platform up to the baptistry. I climbed it. I climbed it like a squirrel. I ran up in there and leaned over. I said, Bob, how you like that Holy Ghost? How you like that Holy Ghost? How you like that tongue talking, baby? That's our culture. You're getting born into the kingdom. 
and his wife standing there waiting to get baptized. But the problem with Bob, he couldn't talk, quit talking in tongues. He would try, and he talked in tongues, and he talked in tongues, and he talked in tongues, and he talked in tongues. And he, hey, baby, when you get the real stuff, you don't have to be taught how to talk in tongues. You don't have to have somebody take you in a room and tell you. So one of the greatest ways of preserving a culture or enshrining a language is to put it in a book. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Webster said, we got to write these words down. And we got to write their definitions, Brother Mark. Because there's going to be generations come right, right. behind us. Right. That'll never understand this word because it's not going to be in their vernacular. So, to preserve the culture, if we're going to preserve this thing, we've got to write it down, it's got to be put into a book, it's got to be enshrined in a language. That the culture will ever know. I hasten tonight. I really am. I'm trying. I'm really trying. I've been here 35 minutes. I want to get done. But I want to stand in support on a Thursday night of this incredible conference. I want to stand in support of uncompromising ministry. Right. I'm honored to stand at this desk. But I'm more honored to stand in the midst of men of God like on this house that have not quit preaching this Acts 2.38 message. Thank God for preachers who won't back up. Thank God for preachers who won't shut up. Thank God for preachers who won't give up on this glorious truth that's been handed to us. I shouted last night. I shouted this morning. I wept last night. I wept this morning hearing the preaching and telling myself the gospel's in good hands with apostolic ministry that's saying I cannot be purchased and you're not going to shut me down. Let's lift our hands and thank God for apostolic ministry right now. Come on, would you thank God for the man of God in your life? Come on, let's lift our hands, lift our voices. Thank God for your pastor right now. Thank God for your pastor's wife. Thank God for them preserving an apostolic culture for you and your family. I want to prove the preacher right. I want to go on record saying, don't talk about my man of God. Don't talk about my preacher. Don't put your tongue on the pulpit. Don't put your tongue on the word of God. They're the ones that's preserving this truth. They're the ones that's preached me here. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. An increasingly globalized, connected, and homogenized era. Individual languages 
and distinctives are being swallowed. Can I preach this? Because they're losing their natural borders and boundaries. The rot that's going on in America by these idiotic, demonic, demon-possessed liberals. I'm going to tell you something. If you're a liberal in an apostolic church, you ain't got the Holy Ghost I got. Stare at me. Go ahead. Stare at Go ahead. Liberal agenda is a murder of children. It's the abolishment of the right things of God. They hate God. They hate the Bible. They hate this country. And I'll tell you, I hate their spirit. I wish I had a Trump hat. It makes some of y'all mad right now. I voted for him. I didn't vote for a pastor. I didn't vote for a bishop. I voted for a president. Thank God he loves this more than the idiot that was before him. He loves this country. I said it. I'm an American. I, I believe in America. Come on. There's been a lot of blood to buy this country. There's been a lot of blood shed to buy this nation. There's been a lot of blood shed to preserve my freedom. There's been a lot of blood shed so we can have church the way we have it right now. And a liberal agenda wants to shut us down. You may not deal with it where you, where, where you live. I deal, Brother Bertrand and I, deal, we deal with it in San Diego. We don't just deal with it in politics. We deal it in so-called apostolic churches around us. Yeah. You ain't hearing me. Preach. Come on. Tell it. Uh, I remember old brother Terry said, are you tough? Yeah. You tough? You tough. Sit down. Preach. All right. We're losing our natural boundaries. Losing our natural borders. Listen, I got a burden for the world. I'll put up against anybody in this house tonight. Come on, you're right. But there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. I don't care if people want to come to America. If I was out in some who flung the chunk nation, I'd be trying to get here too. But I understand if I'm going to be right with God, I got to do things right. And there's a right way to get it done. And don't get mad if this messes up your little family, baby. I lost a whole mess of y'all right now. Go ahead. I know about that who flung the chunk. <laughs> I'll explain that to you. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> Jesus, help me right now. Turn to your neighbor and say, you feel it? Feel it? You know why somebody come out this pulpit and say, everybody happy? Everybody you know why? Because you know the culture, baby. You know where it came from. You know what he's talking about. You still happy? You still got the Holy Ghost? You're still a tongue talker? Or you're still separated in the hill? Prosperity speaks English. And who can blame a world with the arrival of television, with its glamorized global materialism, its luxury consuming proselytizing, 
makes it even more irresistible. Language is an army with a dialect. Can I preach this tonight? The scriptures replete with instances of languages playing an important part of their lives. You want to help me preach for a few minutes? Yeah, I'd love to. Judges, chapter 12. All right, everybody happy? Happy! <laughs> happy, that's what you say. Happy. I'm happy. There. Start reading to verse 5. And the Gileadites took the passages of Jordan before the Ephraimites, and it was so that when those Ephraimites which were escaped said, let me go over. That the men of Gilead said unto him, Art thou an Ephraimite? And he said, Nay. Then said they unto him, Say now, Shibboleth. And he said, Sibboleth. For he could not frame. Hang on, hang on, hang on. He's told him, If that's who you. If you are who you say you are, right. say Shibboleth. Yeah. Right. yeah. Let me see who you say Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's what he's talking about. We got the Holy Spirit. I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I got the Holy Ghost. Yes. I got the tongue talking stuff. I got, right. a, I got the tomb emptying stuff. I got the presence of God. I got the breath of Jesus Christ in me. It's the Holy Ghost and fire. And it's keeping me. Yeah. They said, say, say shibboleth. And, and they said, Mondi Okundi. <laughs> I can hear him right now. <laughs> they said shibboleth. Shibboleth. Yep. And they but said, he said, Sibboleth. Okay, now, what's the difference between Shibboleth and Sibboleth? A H. A H. Oh, come on, Pastor. Where are you from? Yeah. It's just, uh, you're going to make a big deal over an H? Yeah, yeah. Conde. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Sibboleth is as close as Shibboleth, ain't it? I mean, what's the big deal? It's just an H. Yeah. I mean. They couldn't say it. They couldn't the say deal? it. The law are above it. What's the big deal? Tell it. Tell it. I better not do that. <laughs> I'd do it. I'll make up. Yeah. I'll mess up too many marriages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, relax. Some of you need a smile in your you. you need the Holy Ghost to make you yeah. smile. Yeah. Read. For he could not frame to pronounce it right. He couldn't frame to pronounce because he wasn't from the culture. That's right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, I, 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 I got the Holy Spirit. Shut up. Couldn't frame it. Read. Then they took him and slew him at the passages of Jordan. Wow. 
And there fell at that time of the Ephraimites 40 and 2,000. 42,000 men died over an H. Fakers. Fakers. You ain't hearing me. And you're going to sit there and tell me that it doesn't matter in an apostolic church? You're going to try and tell me that it doesn't make a difference? You're going to try and tell me that the language of our culture doesn't mean all that, honey? I'm telling you, 42,000 men died because they couldn't say shibboleth. They said shibboleth. And you're going to ask me what's the difference between being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ or in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Right, right. As many of you as were baptized into Jesus Christ. Say on, preacher. <laughs> as many of you as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Preach on that age. <laughs> Yeah. The little damsel, Brother Marks, pointed her finger at Peter when he stood around an enemy's campfire. Your speech betrays you. Uh huh. Come on. Hallelujah. Ah, you. Ah, you're one of them because you got a you got a suit and tie on. Wrong. You're one of them because you got a short haircut. Wrong. You're one of them because your dress is below. No. She said, you can cuss if you want to, but your speech betrays you, baby. Right. You've been in that culture so long, right. it comes out of your mouth. <laughs> Woo! For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Yay! Somebody ought to have apostolic right now. Somebody yeah. ought to move your mouth and love God. Somebody ought to talk Woo! to God. Talking in tongues. His speech Betrayed. revealed who he was. Couldn't even cuss right. You ever seen a woman that backslides? Yeah. Pitiful. Sit, sit up. Be baby seated. <laughs> she cuts her hair. And then she thinks, now is my day to shine. And she goes to Mac or something in the mall. Poor little thing. She got, she got enough to go over here. She, she, she don't even know. She don't even know how to wear makeup. And she got, she got, she got, she got soot all up in her eyes. And, and, and her eyelashes, they, they got chunks all up in there. And, yeah. and, 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 and she goes and gets poison put in her lips. And she walks around. If you look close, it says inflate to 30 pounds. And, 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 and she, thinks, she thinks she's all that, baby. She thinks she's she got it going on. Honey, once you've ever been part of this culture, you'll never make a good sinner. Even the world won't receive you. They won't accept you. They can say you can dress like a clown. Yeah. But when you talk, you talk like a child of God. There's something in your butt.
uh, I remember hearing stories of backsliders getting a bar room and get half liquored up. And the spirit of God start dealing with them. And they go to squalling and crying. And the fight breaks out. Because somebody tried to tell them. It don't matter how you baptize that. And old Uncle Zed is drunk as Cooter Brown. And he goes to throwing down. And, 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 and kicking and taking names. And, 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 and he ain't even living for God. Yeah. But you can't get this stuff out of you. No, sir. Once you ever gotten this culture, it'd been better you never tasted of the heavenly. It'd have been better you never tasted this culture. It'd been better you never got in the presence of God than to get in the presence of God and try and convince yourself there ain't nothing to this stuff called living for God. Glory to God. And you want me to keep my mouth shut? When I hear the voices of another culture trying to steal from Pentecost our cultures along with its language, it's not going to happen. I'm supposed to sit up here with my legs crossed, holding my little black Bible and keep my mouth shut. When imposters are filling pulpits and they're preaching a popularized gospel, come on, you let me let me preach a little bit. And they've learned how to sermonize. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm after a spirit in Pentecost. It's this professional Pentecostalism. You gotta look right. You gotta dress right. You gotta smell right. You gotta have the right this and the right that. You can have all that mess, honey. But if you ain't got the real Holy Ghost, you are sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. You're an embarrassment to my culture. Give me an old preacher that never graduated from school but knows how to get in an altar of prayer and knows how to get in a closet and hear from God. Let him preach to me. Let him preach to my kids. Let him preach to my grandkids. Oh, you know, they say all my exes are in Texas. Well, all my brothers and sisters have been born again according to John 3 and Acts 2. Period. Period. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, you've never had your sins remitted. They've never been washed away. I don't care if the Pope dumped you, baby. you got to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ to have your sins washed away. There's a a scourge today. There's a scourge today. There's a scourge in Pentecost. Professional crowds. Apostolic church is, is becoming, some conferences are becoming spectator sports. I'm, 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 a, I'm a professional apostolic. and You know how to raise your little finger. I'm raising my finger right now at you. You can't find in the Bible where it says lift up holy little fingers. It said you lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. I'm not embarrassed of this. I'm not, I don't care who's in the house. I'm going to lift my hands and worship God. I want God to know you're still king of everything in me. You're still king of my entire life. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm trying to quit. People today are more concerned with their social media presence than the presence of God. Some of y'all about to get mad at me right now. But I'm after a culture that's trying to get into Pentecost. There's a major emphasis on education. Go ahead. Pentecost wasn't birthed. Ineducated people. They were unlearned. They were unlearned and ignorant men. But they said, but, 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 I can see you've been with Jesus. You may be as dumb as a stump, but when you open your mouth, there is something that comes out of you. It's a, it's the wealth of another world. It's the wealth of another country. You may not even be able to read your Bible, but when the anointing of the Holy Ghost. There's a major emphasis today on education. That's lining the pockets of a few while they look down on others who are not a part of their esoteric royal court. Oh my. Oh my. Preach it. How many degrees do you have? It ain't none of your cotton picking business. About a hundred. When I got a thermometer in my pocket, I got a bunch of them, honey. I don't find in the Bible where they ask the question, have you received your degree since you believed? But I do hear them say, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now let me say, let me say this. I'm not backing up, but let me say this. I think we ought to present our best, but baby, I'm not driven to get a degree. I'm driven to reach the world. I'm not driven to learn more. I want to know more of Jesus. I want to know more of revival. I want to know more of evangelism. I want to know the glory of God. Uh, okay, for the educated, I'll quote my source. 1 Corinthians 2, 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Of the Holy Ghost. Bring back my old Pentecostal church. Yes. Bring it back. Bring back my grandpa's church. Right. Yes, sir. You know what? I asked a question of somebody the other day. At the outpouring of the day of Pentecost. Others mocking said these men. Where are the mockers today? We become so pansy. Patty cake, professional, cold. Oh, oh, I say, where are the mockers? Where are people in our town that are saying, I don't know what's going on with those people. I ain't never seen nothing like that in my life. I don't know what they're drinking, but I want some of it. I don't know what's going on in them. I'm saying, God, don't ever let me get away from old time. Yay. Don't mess with the message. You know what I love about this message, Brother Mark? This message reaches a whole bunch of nobodies who meet somebody that can make anybody a somebody. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of this Acts 2.38. Can I about... 
Not anymore. Thank you. Pastor Parker, yes, sir. this very church has stood tall in the face of a culture in the Pacific Northwest yes. espousing a damnable doctrine called the light doctrine. Right. Gonna get quiet right now. Damnable doctrine. Damnable doctrine. You better be careful. This is being preached on Holy Ghost Radio. It needs to be preached on Holy Ghost Radio. Yes. Yes. That damnable doctrine came from the PCI. That was that was a part of the kissing cousin compromise. Right. Sit there and stare at me. That's because you don't know your history. You don't know your culture. And in Pentecost today, there's a resurrection of this Rodney King spirit. Can't we all just get along? Honey, what fellowship does light have with darkness? You tell me. Yay. And, 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 and then there's large movements that are, that are filled with this stuff. Don't try and intimidate me. Don't try and shut me up. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. I know what this has cost me personally. This has cost me very dear person. This right. has cost me family. Right. Woo, me too. Now, I'm not about to sit silent and let some 21st century half-baked Cake on turn. Half speech of Ashdod. And let me tell you what happens. When you learn how to speak the Ashdodian language, you may not learn it fully, but in the process of learning how to speak the language of Ashdod, they lost all the ability to speak in the Jews' language. Awesome. It's written. Half worship. Half prayer, half praise, half apostolic. Baby, you are apostolic or you are lost. There ain't no such half. Right, right. Being apostolic's like being pregnant. You're not almost, maybe, kind of. You either is or you ain't, baby. Come on, come on. You're either one God Jesus name from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet or you're just a wannabe. Right, 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 right. Clap your hands with me to him. Hey, young ladies. Hey, young men. All young people are not losing it. All young people are not thrown in the towel. Our young people are not compromising. Our young people are not getting loose with their marrows. There are youth here in this house tonight. They can't be bought. You can't buy these young men. You can't buy these young women. Their heart belongs to God. They're all in. They've cashed it all in and say, I belong to him. They're going to remain apostolic in the face of others. You go to conferences and there's others. They want to look at you. They want to judge you. Try and intimidate you with their little sneer. That's those mockers. Mocking. Mocking you. Quasi-apostolic. Half-baked Ashdodians. Judging you. They shouldn't dance that way. Shouldn't shout that way. But tell you something. When you live where I live... We, we don't pray through normal people. None left. People in our choir, they're tatted up. Yeah. Right? 
You, you put him in the choir? Oh, yeah, I put him in the choir. I put him on the front row. I want, I want the devil to see. I want the devil to see. I want the devil to see. Yes, sir. Is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? We need to break the racial barrier in Pentecost. We need to smash it and destroy it. Oh, come on, this gospel's got to be preached to yes. every kindred, every tongue, every race, every nation, every man, every woman. Amen. I want to talk to you young ladies. I want to talk to you. When they come and try and judge you, you need to look them in the face. You need to look them in the face and just quietly say, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You need to look at them and say, you can't touch this. You can't have this. I've been bought with the blood. I belong to him. Come on, can I preach? Can I preach to you a few more moments? Our young women, our young women, don't show their confidence by showing their naked bodies. They show their confidence by showing their naked faces. I don't got to be painted up like a clown. I've been beautified by holiness. I wear the covering of the Lord. Yeah. And our young men are handsome men. Strong men. If she loves you, she ain't going to touch you. If she loves you, she's going to respect you. If she loves you, she's going to see the hand of God on you. If she loves you, she's going to know, I don't want to mess up his ministry. If he loves you, he ain't going to touch you. If he loves you, he ain't going to try and put his arms all over you. I'm telling you, if he tries to put his hand on you, you hit him in the mouth and say, Brother Buxton said to knock you out. Please come. Please. Musician. Okay. Music. Thank God for a generation of young people today where our young men look like men. Yeah. And our young women look like young women. Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. <laughs> There's still words we speak in this culture like honor. Respect, loyalty, virtue, chastity, purity, gentleman, lady. I don't have time, but I could preach to you. We're still a royal priesthood. Royal, yay! We're still a holy nation. Holy nation, peculiar people. We're a peculiar people. Some of you need to learn how to get your Holy Ghost strut back on. You've let the devil beat you back into a corner telling you you're a second class child of God, honey. There ain't nothing like an apostolic one God tongue talker. There ain't nobody in the world that can handle you. There ain't a devil in hell or out of hell that can mess with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. They learned the language of Ashdod in the process. They lost their mother tongue. It's time to scream back to Ashdod, apostolics. We ain't changing. We ain't changing nothing. I'm not saying Sibboleth when I need to say Shibboleth. I'm not saying Holy Spirit when I need to say Holy Ghost. Ah, you're, ah, you're, ah, you're. Really? Ask the 42,000 men that died. 
I got the Holy Ghost. Not yet. It's part of our culture. We've got to have a little landing music. You can't be half apostolic. You either are or you aren't. You can't be half one God. You either are or you aren't. You can't be half full of nothing. Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. But this halfway stuff makes me cute. Out of your bed. Half mass worship. Yeah. That ain't how an apostolic lifts their hands. Churches say, My God, what's going on? All I can see is hands in the air. Well, I don't have time to preach this. But at the beginning, the manna tasted like honey. But after a little while, it started tasting like oil. What happened? What happened? What happened when the same manna lost the taste? Tastes like honey. And then they said, Start saying like coriander seed. What, what's going on here? What? I'll tell you what's going on is because you're trying to treat Pentecost like it's a religion. Honey, it ain't no religion, it's experience. You don't just come into this house and be Pentecost. Now, one night. In palsy, Harrison Anderson, an Indian linguistic named George, or pardon me, named Ganesh Murmu, and I sat cross-legged around the cooking fire at the home of Pario Nimasaw, a 25-year-old teacher at a Jesuit school. He was a Palisi native. Nimasaw loved his Aka culture. But he longed to join the outside world and in a sleeping room in an adjacent hut was a television in hopes that one day he'd have electricity. After dinner, did I say television? I think so. Did I say television? I don't care if you watch it on your phone, your watch. I'm losing some of y'all now. I still preach against television. I still preach against Hollywood. I still preach against the movies. I still preach against that. And so does every other apostolic preacher. If he don't, he ain't apostolic. And after dinner, Nemesaw disappeared for a moment and came back with a soiled white cotton cloth, which he unfolded by the flickering light of the cooking fire. Inside was a small collection of ritual items, a tiger's jaw, a python's jaw, the sharp-toothed mandible of a river fish, a quartz crystal, 
and other objects of a shaman's sachet. This sachet belonged to Nemesaw's father until his death in 1991. My father was a priest, Nemesaw said. And his father was a priest. And now, I ask, are you next in line? Nemesaw stared at the talismans and shook his head. He had the kit, but he didn't know the chance. His father died before passing them on. And without the words, without the language, there was no way to bring the artifact's power to life. I preached to you Pentecost. We can have every trapping of Pentecost. We can have the music. We can have the Bible. We can have the choirs. We can. You build the list. But if we ever lose the ability of the language of the Holy Ghost and the language of truth that's been preserved in a book. I need some grandpas, 55 and up. I want you to come and stand right here and turn around and face these young men. Please help me. Help me real quick. Grandpas, turn around and face them. Turn around and face these young men. Young ladies, I love the way you sing. I love the way you dress. I love the way you do your hair. I love the way all that. But I'm going to tell you something locked up inside these grannies standing in front of you. There is some apostolic culture. You know what? Well, you want to know what the church looks like? It looks like gray-haired mamas right now. That's fought to have church. That's fought to put ta- food on their table. That's fought for their babies. That's fought. You young men, you want to know what apostolic Pentecost looks like? It's not the GQ playboys that come swinging in. It's old men of God that's preached till they lost their voice. They preach till they're sick. They preach till the hair's falling off their head. They preach till people's looked at them. But I'm going to tell you something. When they lift their hands, uh, they have the ability to plug in to a culture of the Holy Ghost uh, that we cannot lose. Elder Cavanis, you know what I miss? I miss old time travail. I miss it. I'm, I'm just being honest. I miss it. I miss travail in a church. I miss the old saints of God that would lift their voice and say, Oh, God. Oh, we cannot lose our culture. We are all time apostolics. We are all time apostolics. Grandmas, would you lay hands on this young generation? Would you pray like you know how to pray? Grandpas, would you lay hands on this young generation? Would you pray like you know how to pray? We got to pass this culture on. We can't let it die. We can't let it die. We can't let it die.
We're crying out. 